Reading from the first chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son. And he named him Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Joseph faced the decision of his life. It could well have been a life or death decision. There were no easy answers. Mary and Joseph, according to the version I just read, were engaged. But that's not really it. That's not a strong enough word. Other versions say betrothed or, or promised, but even those don't quite get it. Their arrangement was not bound by a ring, a few engagement parties, and a save-the-date card. They were contractually bound to one another. They'd already had something of a wedding service and were waiting a second, a public ceremony. Until that point, Mary would remain with her parents. The other difference between what they were in and what we call marriage was that the marriage wasn't consummated until the second ceremony. Otherwise, they were essentially married. And to undo that was to divorce. As has always been the case, to divorce was not a simple, private matter. As always, divorce would mean opening themselves up to public ridicule, which would be humiliating and potentially fatal for Mary. But to not divorce would be opening themselves up to public ridicule. Mary was with child, which would be humiliating and potentially publicly fatal for Joseph. There will be costs either way, and there will be scandal. The situation, it seemed to the public, was obvious. Either Mary had had relations outside of her contract with Joseph, or Mary and Joseph had had relations prior to when they were supposed to. There's no other explanation that anyone would believe, because people believe what makes sense to them. Mary is pregnant. Let me guess how. The people would have said, you and I would have said, 
we, like their neighbors, would have figured it out. People like to figure things out. And we like to figure them out in the simplest of terms. While we expect that others would give us a full hearing, would allow for the complexities of our lives to matter in what had come to pass, we're not always as generous with others. With others, we think that we have stepped back, taken the emotion out of it, or separated from the excuses that self-deceiving minds create, and therefore see the situation clearly. The further removed we are from the situation, the more defined the black and white becomes, we think. And maybe it does. Or maybe that's just another form of self-deception. Joseph had a difficult decision to make. Would he accept a role in the scandal, or would he allow Mary to be scandalized? Joseph had a difficult decision to make, and when we have difficult, significant decisions to make, we use every resource available to us. As people of faith, we read the scriptures, we turn to God in prayer, we seek counsel from trusted advisors. Well, Joseph didn't have all three of those available to him. He could not seek counsel from a trusted advisor because that would expose Mary. The other two were available to him. And while the Bible doesn't explicitly say that Joseph prayed and Joseph read the Scriptures, let's assume he did. I mean, he was a person of faith. And he was desperate. Let's assume he did. Let's assume that Joseph turned to the index of the law and, and looked up adultery, and, and there it listed for him Deuteronomy 22. And, and let's assume he turned to that page where he read, read about an engaged woman that if evidence of the young woman's virginity is not found, they shall bring the young woman out to the entrance of her father's house, and the men of the town shall stone her. Let's assume Joseph read that. And then, if he had, Joseph's difficult decision became a decision of life and death. Now, in his investigation of the Scriptures, he knew what the righteousness, according to the law, required. He knew what he had to do. He had to dismiss her, which would cost them both dearly. Well, Joseph had read some interpretation as well, so he knew he could dismiss her quietly, and maybe that would give her some time to escape. Maybe she could get out ahead of the scandal, although he knew he could not end the speculation. He had consulted the scriptures. He checked the interpretation. He knew what he had to do. Now, let's also assume that after Joseph spent some time with the scriptures, he also spent some time in... Prayer. Surely he agonized with God about what he had to do. And God, for his part, 
did not immediately correct that. We know that because Joseph resolved to dismiss Mary. That's a strong word. When we are facing something we don't want to do, know that doing it will lead to pain and hardship. It takes resolution. It takes a strong commitment to do the thing we don't want to do. Joseph resolved to dismiss Mary quietly. And having made the decision, he tried to sleep. You know that kind of sleep. It's a continuation of the struggles of the day. Conversations rattle around in your head. Decisions continue to be weighed. Your body is in bed tossing and and turning. And subconsciously you're thinking through all that could happen if your decision comes to pass. All the ramifications of it. It's not actively praying. But it's a form of prayer. It's an opportunity for God to speak back to you. An angel of the Lord came to Joseph in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now we need to spend a minute on that, because that statement, that promise, is the first, the most profound birth miracle. The angel recognizes what's behind Joseph's resolution why he came to the decision he did. Joseph was afraid. So when we act, whether hastily or with great deliberation, when it's out of fear, our judgment can be clouded. What will God do if I break the law? What will my neighbors think if I marry her? What will our life be like together if someone else's child is in the home? What does the future hold? This is all so new and foreign and unpredictable. I don't know how to move forward. I am afraid of what's to come. The only thing I know to do is to protect myself and if it's at all possible to offer her a little protection too. Don't be afraid, Joseph. This isn't what you think. This isn't what they think. This is God. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, sure, If every unexpected, unknown, unsavory event of my life would explain by God being at work, then I'd be a little more open to them. But Jesus isn't being born in my life. And I'm not going to count every disappointing, frustrating, bad event in my life as having been orchestrated by God. Good. Please don't. But please also don't disallow that Jesus can be born into every situation. 
And don't imagine that God can't orchestrate good even in the worst of situations. Whatever fears we may have, however real they may be, don't imagine that God won't be there too. Joseph, don't be afraid. And here's why. The child conceived in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. And you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Let me tell you something, Joseph. This is God at work. But God is working with you. You're not just going to sit by and and passively let this thing happen. You've got a role in this. He's David's heir, and for him to be David's heir means you have to adopt him. Joseph, you've got to be this child's father so that he can be this world's savior. God needs you, Joseph. Be less concerned about what others think. To let go of this thing you have resolved to do and to be open to what God asks of you today. Stay with Mary, Joseph. And stay with the child. The angel's plea set the stage for the second birth miracle. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife. But he had no relations with her until she had borne a son. And he named him Jesus. I don't know about you. When I have resolved... To do something, especially something I'm convinced is the right thing to do, will be the best for everyone involved, the least painful of the bad options, the righteous thing, then it's hard for me to repent, to change and go into a different direction. I can become so convinced. That what God wants me to do is one thing. That to change from that would seem to be the wrong. To change and go into the different direction would seem to be the reason I would need to repent. It takes God speaking pretty directly to convince me that going in God's direction is in fact different than what I thought had been going in God's direction. So I counted another birth miracle that Joseph changed his mind. That he changed directions, that he repented, that he heard God's messenger, accepted God's word, and took Mary as his wife against what he had resolved to do. And what's more, he took the child, which he could have said was not his, and he named him. That is, he claimed him. Joseph would be Mary's husband and Jesus' father, no matter how others perceived it. He would be righteous in a way that he had never anticipated and that he would never regret. Joseph learned before his son would ever say it what it means to desire mercy 
not sacrifice. And that proved him righteous. Righteous.